You're listening to Fed Talks, Episode 5 with Jimmy Chrisman. Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. I'm Jimmy Chrisman. I'm the theater education professor at Illinois State University. And each week, I want to bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, and professors of theater education that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate seeing all the people listening to the different episodes and and our listenership growing each week. So thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you so much for listening and sharing uh, what we're doing here at Fed Talks. So I'm I'm very grateful for you, and um, I hope you're enjoying listening to the podcast as much as I am creating it. This week, I got the chance to talk with Lee Marshall at Leon High School in Tallahassee, Florida. Lee is an energetic and exuberant teacher. I know her students absolutely adore her and get a lot out of her classes. I hope that uh, her experience and her stories brighten your day and make you laugh, as well as make you think a little bit about your practice and what you're doing. If you want to contact me, you can always reach me at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. You can always find us on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks, on Tumblr, fedtalks.tumblr.com. You can find us on Facebook at FedTalks, Instagram, FedTalks Podcast, and of course our website, www.fedtalks.com. On the website, we have the entire archive of our episodes so far, as well as transcripts from each episode. So that is available to you, as well as all of our social media, where I post pictures and I post quotes, um, and I will also be posting resources that have been brought up so far on the show. So again, thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lee. I am excited to welcome today Miss Lee Marshall. She is a high school theater teacher in Tallahassee, Florida. Lee, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your journey to where you are and, and what you're doing now and a little bit about the school that you're in now. Okay, great. Well, um, I'll start with my school. I'm at Leon High School, and which is uh, inner city, but uh, high school here, but also with a strong, strong foundation in performing arts. And I love it. It's where my mom and dad went to high school. It is not where I went to high school, though I begged my parents to send me to Leon High School. So my dad said that it's my middle-aged rebellion that now I am at Leon High School (laughs) as a teacher. So I'm fine with that. I'm fine at being a middle-aged rebellious person. So I have a, a crazy kind of way that I fell into teaching. And when I tell people when I look over it, I am 51 years old. Uh, when I look over my life and kind of my journey, I just, uh, I would be in a room and I would be perfectly happy in the room I was in. I loved the room I was in. And then a door would open and I'd be like, huh, I wonder what's in that next room. And so I'd walk through the open door and then I'd be in a whole new room and I would be like, oh, I don't really know this room. So I'd figure it out. And so I'd stay in that room. I was perfectly, and then another door would open. And so I'd come in another room. And so it's just been this kind of labyrinth maze of from one room to another. So uh, I, I'll take it back at the very beginning. I was born. Okay. Um, <laughs> maybe at, well, maybe fast forward to, I was in college and I was an education major in college, but I fell in love with Shakespeare. I was an elementary and early childhood education major in college. And um, I fell in love with Shakespeare. I fell in love with Taming of the Shrew. I saw three different 
Taming of the Shrew uh, productions over the course of, I think about a year, maybe even less than a year. And they all had a different ending, which I thought was weird because it was the same words. And in one of them, yeah, I thought that was weird. Uh, in one of them, um, uh, it ended where uh, she, uh, she was completely uh, demolished by Petruchio. She was just like a, you know, an abused wife kind of giving this you know, kind of in the end, you know, with her hand under his foot, like, you know, hurt me if you will kind of thing. And then in the, another one, she was totally victorious and he was adorable and you, you know, hashtag goals for their relationship. And you're like, they, they've got it. They are still married and having a great time wherever they are today. And then in the third one, she was angry and you thought she was going to Lady Macbeth him in the, in the night. And, and I just was so confused by that by three different endings and so I went back and I read the text and I was like wait a minute you can read this any of those ways and at that point I was um you know like a 19 year old college student and I felt I tell my students this story when I introduce them to Shakespeare and I felt like so much of my life had been written for me that where I went to school had been written for me I was at Furman University in Greenville South Carolina and I had chosen that college but you know, my dad, you know, my parents had taken me on a college. I just felt like a lot had been written for me where I lived and all of that. And I thought, but guess what? I get to say the lines the way that I want to say them. And that makes a difference whether I am angry or I am, um, you know, suppressed or I am victorious and having the time of my life. And so I thought that I was perhaps a genius having come up with that. Um, and so I um, uh, did a stint at the um, in England at the RSC and did some things there and studied and worked with, because it was an elementary uh, major, I worked with schools there and, you know, was able to kind of further my elementary ed thing by doing kind of a, a stint with the RSC, doing some stuff there with Furman. And so it was really great. And so I came back and was teaching elementary school and doing Shakespeare in my classrooms in elementary school. And I met some great people doing Shakespeare in elementary school, did some stuff over at the Shakespeare Festival in Alabama and the Shakespeare Festival in Atlanta. And then I started having babies and I had three of them within less than five years. And I had some great principals that let me just come back and teach drama, like one day a week with a baby strapped to my chest or two days a week, depending on if I was, how pregnant I was. And so I taught drama at the elementary level. And I also helped with some writing of Shakespeare curriculum for elementary school students. Um, that was in Atlanta. And I did some stuff at the Woodruff Arts Center in Atlanta. And like I said, a door would open. and I'd be like, I wonder what's in that room. I'll go do that for a while. So then we moved to Tallahassee and I was a stay-at-home mom for 15 years. And my, But I kept on studying and writing curriculum and going to see plays and just a lot of theater. My life just kind of did theater things um, because I loved it. And then our school, our middle school here became a performing arts middle school, the inner city middle school where my kids went to school, became a performing arts middle school. So I went in and taught one day a week to help the English teacher that they made teach theater there and did that. And then they were like, would you direct a musical? I'm like, I've never directed a musical, but look at that open door. Let's just walk through it. <laughs> so I wonder what it looks like in this room where I direct musicals. So I'm my greatest, I'm my greatest, I'm not a great actress. 
I tell people I can't dance, I can't sing, I can't act, but I can pretend like I can do all three of those things. So I directed a middle school and then a musical there. And then they were, they were like, come back and teach theater. I was like, I probably have to go back to school. And I contacted the department of ed and they're like, no, you just have to take a couple of tests. I was like, test, I can take a test, open that door. I'll walk through it. So I walked through that door. I got certified to teach. So I uh, started teaching um, middle school and then the high school contacted me and said, please come to the high school. And I said, oh, I'm not ready. And they're like, here's an open door and push me through it. So I came to the high school where I am now. And I, oh, I also, during that time, I also taught preschool theater before during my little stint staying at home and wrote musicals for um, the preschool theater and wrote uh, some catchy little tunes to, to uh, the Sneetches, the Starbelly Sneetches. I would take book. I did a lot of story theater for the preschool and stuff. So uh, I just had, I've taught every level now, preschool, elementary, middle, and high school. I've loved every level. I loved whatever room I was in. I was overwhelmed with whatever room I was in, but I loved it. And and I'll stay there until another door opens and somebody pushes me through it. That, I have to catch my breath after your journey. I know. <laughs> At the different levels, what are some of the similarities and differences you found uh, from preschool all the way through high school with the kids? I'll tell you my biggest, uh, the, the hill I will die on is that everyone loves a good story. Preschoolers love a good story. Elementary school students, middle school students, high school students, and your audience Adults love a good story. So I am, I am just big into story theory, the hero's journey, all of that. And, um, and uh, I also, for me, teaching elementary school, when I came around teaching elementary school back in the 80s, we were all about, you know, theme units, doing a unit theme for a while. And so I love a good theme. And so every year at the high school, I have a theme for the year. This year, our theme and all of our plays and kind of all of my, I, my thinking is around this theme. And this year it is, the stories are there if you listen. And it actually comes from a beautiful poem by Kate Tempest. Yeah, Kate Tempest. The stories are there if you listen. Everyday Odysseys, Dreams, dreams Versus Decisions. The stories are there if you listen. The story are there. The stories are you. And last year it was Strong Wind, Strong Trees. And so our plays reflect that. And the year before, my first year there, it was Fear Versus Love because I thought a new teacher, you could be afraid and, you know, in fear, make decisions or in love, accept, you know, the new way things were going to be done. And we either act out of fear or love. We either react in fear or act out of love. And I wanted to do that too. I didn't want to be afraid of the students or afraid when students said, that's not how we used to do it or that kind of thing. I wanted to act in love. And okay, tell me about that. Tell me why that was important to you. So every year, and I swear the themes are really for me. It's, it's what I need to learn that year. And hopefully the kids do too. But this year it's been a big year of listening. And the stories are there if you listen. I think I, when I was in the classroom, I, everyone always asked me how I picked the shows that we did. And it was, I, I kind of felt a little selfish in saying it, but at the same time, I'm like, no, I'm not going to be selfish in saying this is, I have to be attracted to it. I, I'm the one uh-huh. who lived with it about two or three months more than the kids do. So I have to be yeah. in what I'm doing and the stories that we're telling. So I think yeah. beautiful. I tell the kids, I read a play a day in the summer. I challenge myself to read a play a day. And, you know, you don't always read the whole play because when, I, when I'm reading a play, it either, either something visually comes out of the play to me and I keep reading 
or I don't. And then I'm not going to, that's not going to be when I put on, but I tell the kids all the time, the, the plays pick me. There is some, I, I could go through every play that I've done. And there is some way that either that play just kept putting itself on my desk. Like, I'm like, why, uh, when we did steel magnolias, I'm like, why, why in the world this year? I did not order seven copies of steel magnolias, but Amazon keeps sending them to me. <laughs> I, I was, I'm like, why do I have seven copies of steel? Every time I went to the mailbox, I'm like another copy of steel magnolias. Who would have done that? <laughs> I mean, I had seven scripts. I'm like, I might as well put it on. I already got all the scripts. So, um, you know, so it really is the craziest way that the plays come to me. And, you know, it, 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 I just cannot not do that play is how it comes down at the end. What, what's, um, what's been the most, sur the most surprising one um, that's uh, jumped out at you and, and that you've first been all, telling? Yeah. First of all, Steel Magnolias, because it was so hard. So, that's um, a hard play. I, uh, that's a hard play. I did it with my advanced class when we're supposed to be doing a one act. That ain't a one act. In fact, that that's a three act. And the first act is a one act. And then you've got two more. <laughs> yep. Then I don't know who thought it was a good idea to put six high school girls only in a play. Not a good idea, but it ended up, it, it and I double cast it. Of course you did. All girls. All girls. So they're like, you like cast A better. No, you like cast B better. Oh, whatever. I don't like any of you anymore. <laughs> um, I like cast C. See yourself out. Um, uh, but then we just did a devised piece, which I don't know how to write a play. I don't know if y'all noticed, but I didn't, you know, go to school for that or any of this. So, um, but this last summer I went to the Tennessee Arts Academy. Fabulous. And you can go, even if you're not from Tennessee, I'm, you don't even have to lie to them. They took me from Florida. Um, this year they actually gave me a scholarship. I was like, I'm still from Florida people. But um, there was a guy there, Noah Martin. He's fabulous. And he does all devised youth theater. And so, and I'd already, the play had already chosen me. I was already going to do this devised piece. And I'm like, well, thank goodness there's somebody to tell me how to do it. And it was about the teenage brain. It was about the neuroscience of the teenage brain. Who can't write a play on that? Who? I mean, really, it just screams to be written. So um, anyway, Noah Martin was really great. And he actually met with me one-on-one -on -one once he realized I was actually going to do this full thing this year. And he helped me with some um, workshop ideas for getting it started and that kind of thing. Well, we got into this process. And my lead actor, who was also his freshman year, he was Atticus Finch for me. So this is a great guy who is a great actor. I mean, if you're Atticus Finch your freshman year, you got to have some gravitas to you. So he's great. Um, and his freshman and sophomore year, he really idolized me. I hate it when they become juniors and they are smarter than you and they realize that because, you know, the thrill is gone. So um, this year, I could, I could tell this year he was like kind of a little over me, which it was horrible. I fell off my pedestal. And so he, uh, the whole time I could just tell that he is not, he's helping write it. He is all in, but he's also like all in, but I know in his head, he's going, this sucks. This play sucks. And in my head, I'm like, he might be right. This play really, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And we believe in it. And we've all learned something. I've learned a lot about the teenage brain. Y'all have all learned a lot about the teenage brain. Neither of us is saying out loud that we really think that this might suck. So opening night comes and we get the first laugh and then we get people crying 
And we get parents walking out and saying, every parent of a teenager should see this show. Every kid in this school should see this show. This is the most incredible show I've ever seen. We had, I had a really, really bright student who came all three times because she said, I've never, she's not even a theater student. She's like, I've never seen a show like this. I'm bringing my parents back. I'm bringing my boyfriend. Oh my gosh. It was. And so finally this kid and I like look at each other eye to eye and we're like, okay, I know you thought it sucked. It didn't. It didn't. We wrote a show. We wrote a show. We were so good. And then they called from TEDx FSU and wanted us to come and present at TEDx. We called it our TED TED Talk or our TED Talk Talk because we actually did the talk for the TED speakers. So we're not sure if it's a TED Talk Talk or a TED TED Talk. We can't figure it out. So, um, but we got to, for all the TEDx speakers, tell how we were inspired by a TED Talk about the teenage brain. And actually it's, it's called Brainstorm and Nick Hearn out of the UK um, has a script of it, but you can devise it also and go with their kind of their format for it, which is what we did. We used probably about 5% of the material they had, and then we devised the rest of it. And it is based on a TED Talk by Susan Blakemore, Dr. Susan Blakemore, Sarah Jane Blakemore, sorry, Dr. Sarah Jane Blakemore about the teenage brain. So it was inspired by a TED Talk. We watched the TED Talk and talked about how, and John Malley, the one, the student, did the TED Talk for us. And he was just great about talking about how we took neuroscience of the teenage brain and made it into art. And I loved my set for it. I loved everything about it in the end, though in the middle, I didn't love any of it. So, but that, you know, at the end, it was great. The theater magic happened. That's awesome. I, um, I don't, I don't think I've ever did. I don't think I ever did devised work with my, with my high schoolers when I taught, but I've, I'm teaching a, a class right now and, and they actually have their performances next week of their devised pieces. And I think they've been in that place of, Oh my gosh, this sucks. I don't yeah. want this. This is not good, but I've, I've intentionally not been, at all their rehearsals because I want it to be their creation. And when I saw their first showing, I'm like, these are some really powerful pieces. And they were like, really? I'm like, yeah, you need to keep, keep working, keep cleaning, but here's some thoughts, here's some suggestions, but keep going with it. So I can't wait to see their final things next week. So I, um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the same results that you had with yours. So. Yeah. I think you just get too close to it sometimes. And, and you don't know, I mean, we did not know how it would come and you get really close and you get really familiar with it. And you think, is this, is this joke going to fall flat? Is this going to mean anything to anybody? And it really did. It resonated a lot with the students who were in it and who came to see it and their parents. I want to shift gears just a little bit. I, I was talking to you a little bit before, um, before we started talking for the interview that I fallen in love with your class website and the thing that I've particularly fallen in love with that I, I've shared with my students this week was your Shakespeareans, because at ISU every it's all about Shakespeare. Um, with mm-hmm. the Illinois Shakespeare Festival housed there, so um, this is going to get me some brownie points with uh, my upper admin. So let's talk a little bit about that and what 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 that's what that's all about. Because I always had a hard time teaching and and teaching the love of Shakespeare. Yeah, I don't know if I've taught the love of it really well. Right now, they're all a little in, they're all a little hatred of it because we're in the middle of it. It you know it is a catchy name. First of all, Shakespeareans. It is a catchy name. It, we always do it in April. It is our showcase. It's my showcase for all the classes. 
the classes, this is their chance to get on the stage. And so my theater one students, we do a unit on Midsummer Night's Dream. I think that's a totally approachable, and it's not taught. Uh, Macbeth, my um, 10th graders do Macbeth, my ninth graders do Romeo and Juliet. So let's have a little comedy, people. So we do Midsummer Night's Dream, which by the way, I mean, what teenager can identify with? My dad doesn't like my boyfriend, but he likes this other one better. So uh, we do Midsummer Night's Dream. And we actually, the first thing we do is read it in a, um, it's a great Lois Burdett, who is a friend of mine. She does Shakespeare Can Be Fun series. And so we read the Shakespeare Can Be Fun. It's like a children's book in rhyming couplets to get them familiar with the story so that they know the story. They know the story of the um, royalty, they know the story of the rude mechanicals, and they know the story of the fairies, what's going on. And so we do that, and that has several of the famous lines in it. We look at some of the monologues and things in there. And then we watch, have you seen Julie Taymor's Midsummer Night's Dream? I have not. You can order, I have the DVD of it, and it is spectacular. I forget, it's at a new theater, and it's only a couple of years old, and every part of that theater moves, and I'm so super jealous. It's in a thrust um, space, and the tech on it is incredible. The costumes are incredible, and the kids really get into it. Um, the, la the lady that plays Puck is the neighbor from Harry Potter, the old lady neighbor. She's a tiny little incredible Shakespeare actor she's done King Lear and I can't remember what her name is but you know you tell them it's from Harry Potter you get them a little, little bit more there's also a scene where all the lovers strip down to their underwear and fight that's usually pretty exciting in a um, theater classroom as is when Titania and Bottom come back up from their little rendezvous but there's nothing it's completely PG so it's fine but it's a great great it kind of got, it's got a little creepy feel to it in spots. So they're, it, they get very into this version of it. So, oh, but before they do that, they choose what character they're going to do a monologue from, and then they choose a monologue. And I have about 50 of them printed up from that. And they get to choose their monologue. And then we watch it and their monologues all say what scene and what, uh, what act and what scene. So hopefully they see it in the things so they know who else is on stage, you know, all of that kind of thing. And then we start to work our monologue. So then we do that, and then just today was the first day of auditions. So I run it just like an audition. And do I have to? Yes, it is a forced audition. <laughs> so you were voluntold. So they all audition. They get up, and it's for a grade. My grading system is, um, I love my grading system, so I do want to share it with you. My grading system, because I'm super lazy and I have to be there for long rehearsals, so I don't want to really grade a lot of things, is I grade on a five-point scale. And so zero is you didn't do a darn tooting thing. You get a zero. One is a 25, which means you're still learning. I grade, it's kind of on this, um, learning is step one. So if you're still learning, but you get up and you slate and you do the first line, you're going to get a 25. You're still learning it, but at least you show me that you're trying to learn it. And then a two is that you are up at the remembering stage. So remembering, and you're going to get 50 points. So if you do a couple of lines and I see that you're, remembering some of the stuff that we talked about, you're at a 50. 50 is better than zero. Um, three is a 75 and that's you're applying. You are applying something that we've done in class to whatever it is. And you got a 75, you got a C. Average, applying, great, fabulous, applying. Four is that you are up at the analysis stage. Like you have done a little work on this. You've, you know, analyzed 
maybe that she's uh, that Titania is on the ground sleeping and you're dropping liquid in her eyes. So you've done some analysis. Granted, that ain't rocket science, but you're going to get a hundred for a four. A hundred and twenty-five is you are creating. You are creating something new. I have not seen that Oberon before. I have not seen Hermia do that before or whatever. So 125, I grade everything with this scale. So you may get a 75 on things, but you're gonna get 125 if you do something creative at some point. So it's super easy to grade everything, one, two, three, four, five. And they get really familiar with it. Now they, the kids that are not performing, have in front of them an audition sheet. They write everybody's name down and they also evaluate between a zero and a four. I don't let them give a five because they give their friends a five. I'm the one that can give this extra creative thing because I've seen the most midsummer, so I know whether you're really being creative or not. So that keeps the other ones busy and they've got to do that. And they get a grade for turning in that work also because they're the adjudicators too. I want them to be able to, uh, you know, look and see what is good acting, what isn't good acting. So anyway, so they sit and do that. We do that. And then at the end um, of each day, I will announce who is who I've cast in my Shakespeareans. I still have three more. I still have two more days of um, auditions. I try and cast about twenty minutes of theater one kids, which is about twenty theater one kids performing. Um, theater two, they do scenes. They choose a two to four person scene. They look at the play that it's from and everything. They have to do that work on their own, and they uh, a student direct those. Again, we watch them, we adjudicate them, and then we choose some to go to the Shakespeare's. Now, theater two, it gets a little more competitive about that. And then theater three, four, they read a Shakespeare play they've never read before, and then they can do anything they want from Shakespeare. They can um, sing something from Kiss Me Kate or from Something Rotten. They can, I have a group that's doing a small Romeo and Juliet play. We've done Tom Stoppard's 15-minute Hamlet before, different things like that. Uh, so they, one of them's doing, she's doing a monologue and somebody else is translating it into modern English and doing like a kind of a teen speak of it on the, you know, line by line kind of thing. So they get to do whatever they want with Shakespeare, something creative that they are doing totally on their own. And so it's about an hour show, the Shakespeare, and we always do it right near his birth death date. So this year it's on the 23rd. So that will be coming up next week. Well, that is really cool. And I can already guarantee you that I will be seeing some of these one through five scales yeah. from your ed students because I love that. I love that. That's fantastic. It's simple. Super easy. And it's I'll have to send you. Yeah, I'll send you my big, I call it Climbing Learning Mountain. And I think it shows kids, I talk a lot about that we think that you have to be creative and really creativity is you've learned it, you've applied it, you've synthesized and about, you know, and value and it's right above there. It's right. It's actually the last step of learning is creating something new with it. And so I tell kids that, you know, and, and in theater, learning it and remembering it is way down on the bottom. They think once I've memorized it, I'm done. Oh no, there's so much more to that mountain afterwards. So I'll send you my visual on that um, that I have hanging up on my wall. And it makes it, first of all, super easy to grade everything. And I had a kid today who was like, why did I get a C on that? I'm like, well, you got a 75. I'm like, you tell me how your thing was. Well, it wasn't the best, but it wasn't horrible. I'm like, uh-huh. 
right. Okay. You said it exactly. It wasn't the best. It wasn't a hundred and it wasn't horrible of 50. It was a 75. All right. Good day. <laughs> I love it. I and love that. Playing. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit, tell me some of uh, a couple of your favorite stories from your career. Um, they can be funny stories, horror stories, things that have impacted you that are meaningful, whatever. I think some of my favorite stories are the things that happen that aren't on the lesson plans. I really, I, I, you know, I love um, Brian Mintler. Have you ever, Brian Mintler, he's, uh, he's all about kind of the disruptive kids and a lot of my discipline and behavior management stuff is from Brian Mindler, who is like, you know, there's not a kid that you cannot reach uh, and have a relationship with. And, you know, I stand at my doorway and when they come in, they give me a handshake hug or high five. And I look in their eyes and I say, you know, Hey, Bob, you know, I say their name and look in their eyes. And I started that in middle school because I know that there were middle schoolers that went through the day and nobody looked in their eyes and said anything to them. And I didn't want them to go home without somebody looking into their beady little eyes and saying their name and acting like they were so happy to see them. And so I stand at my door and do that. And in the beginning, it was like torture because I wanted those five minutes to check my mail, to do the role or whatever. Well, now I really think that is one of the most important things that I do is stand at that door. And, you know, you can tell a lot of times that they're having a bad day. And so like today I asked a girl, is everything okay? And she just started crying. And I, I think those are the moments when it, you realize, you know, how much these kids need somebody to listen to them and just look into their eyes and say, are you doing okay? You know, or it'll be okay. And we talked a little bit. It was something going on with, you know, a, an extended member of her family. And I'm like, Y'all, you know, my biggest thing is what is mine to do? What's your role in this? What is your role that you need to do? Act well your part there and all the honor lies. What's your part to do in this? Okay, just to love her. All right, then just do that. Don't worry about solving it. Don't worry about solving it. So I think those things are really huge. Um, we do this thing also in class. I'm surprised I ever get to teach anything because we do this thing called feelings and intentions. And it's from a friend of mine, Jess Pillmore, who is out of, is she Virginia or North Carolina? Anyway, she's an incredible um, theater educator. And I've taken lots of classes with her and she does this so much better than me, but it's a check-in every day. And it's, um, how are you, because if you're going to be a character, you've got to know what are you feeling and what is your intention? My classroom day should be like a show. So you come in, like you're being greeted by, I'm the house manager. You're being greeted as you come in, take your seat, you get your notebook, that's your prop. And then our show begins. And so you got to know your character. Well, how are you feeling and what's your intention? So they stand up and, most, and I start them out every day. Hi, I'm Miss Marshall. I do this six times a day, every day. I'm Miss Marshall. I'm feeling great. I say it by name every day. I don't know why they don't know my name by now. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling awesome. I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling like I have a show opening, whatever it is. And my intention today is to watch your fabulous auditions for whatever, or we're going to talk about one. Um, we're going to look at your monologues today and we're going to pick out the punctuation marks. I'm going to tell you how that's going to help you act. it. So I'm going to tell them a little bit about what the lesson is. And then, um, so that's my intention for the day. And then the next kid goes, well, this thing can get long. And I work all the time on them. Listen, it's a mini monologue is what it is. And, um, 
so they stand up. Well, I've had a kid who stood up and said that he has been sober for two months now. And he wanted us to know that. And we all clapped and I cried and went and hugged him. And um, I had a kid that wouldn't do it all last year at all. Never did it. I, I really, I got this kid's, I found out his favorite music artist. I like would talk to him about other stuff. Cause Brian Mintler's like, if you talk to a kid about things that not, aren't, you know, on the curriculum 10 days in a row for two minutes each day, you'll have them forever. Well, I had this kid forever, but he still never did any theater stuff for me, but he didn't do it all year, you know, and the other kids, you know, finally accepted it. Sometimes one of them would do his for him or whatever. But I, you know, the last day of school, he like said, Hey, I just want you to know I'm feeling good. And my intention is you beat me out this year by asking me every day. Cause every day I start anew and I'm like every day, Justin, do you want to go? And he, no, no. Okay. All right. Every day. He's like, when will you stop asking? I'm like, listen, dude, I tried out for cheerleading seven years in a row and never made it. You cannot outlast me. <laughs> you don't even know what kind of perseverance that takes. So, um, I think just sometimes, and I say, you know, even though it gets messy sometimes and I'm like, y'all listen to each other. Oh my gosh. Da, da, da. You know, I don't need to hear your whole story of what you had for lunch. But every now and then you get a kid that'll just get up and, you know, my grandfather died yesterday and I'm having a really, really hard time with it. My dog, we're putting down my dog today. And then you'll get a kid that, the kid you least expect it will come from across the room and hug that kid. And you're like, I, this is why I do it. This is why I do that every day. And this is why I teach theater because I have the time to do that every day. And so it's just a great way to start your day. I wish it was perfect. I wish it was more manageable at times. Sometimes I wish it didn't take 10 minutes. I, you know, uh, I won't let him get away with my intention is to sit back down. I'm like, that's not you. That's gravity. You have to have an intention, you know, and I, I, and if they go, I don't have one, then I do this whole speech about, and they're all like, don't make her do the speech. I'm like, if you don't have an intention for the next hour, you won't have an intention for your day. I'm like, this is the only, you know, six period on April 16th, 2019, you'll ever get have an intention for it. Have an intention for it. Do you intend to have a good time? Do you intend to make a new friend? Do you intend to get through your thing? Do you intend not to audition today? Well, at least say that and maybe it'll happen and maybe it won't, but have an intention for today. So that I'm, I'm, I want my kids when I die, they've all promised they will come to my funeral and they'll go. She was so intentional. She probably meant to die. <laughs> she was so intentional. <laughs> So, which is funny because I feel like with everything I do, I do try and be so intentional. I told somebody, I said, maybe that's why the play turned out okay. Cause we're usually intentional. We felt like we weren't, we felt like it just was not coming to, we were not being intentional enough. And then it did, you know, as Aristotle says, if you make it a habit, it'll happen. So we try and I try and be very intentional with uh, stuff, but, um, and I try and make them think through that through what is your intention for the day. And, and they do say they miss it after they leave over the summer. They're like, nobody ever asked me how I was. I never got to say how I felt. And I think teenagers today don't, a lot of times they don't think about how they feel or they don't. And I always say feelings aren't facts. I can say I feel angry, but feelings aren't fat. You know, they're not. And you're, you, and a lot of times I'll say, I feel horrible, but I intend to make this a good class period or I intend to get over it in this class period. And so that's a great thing because I think we need to teach them 
you know, you can get over it. You can feel horrible and you can, you can get over it. You know, I, I feel mad at my friend, but I'm going to do something this class period that helps me to forget that. Great. That's a great intention. That's awesome. I, uh, yeah, that's, I love that. You invest that little bit of time in them. And I found when you do that, you get way more out of them. And and you learn so much about them. I mean, you, it's like, I, I know there's that one, there's nobody you wouldn't like if you didn't know their story or there's nobody that you couldn't, you know, if you didn't know their story. And once you know some of these kids' stories, it's like, you know, oh my gosh, you learned four lines of your Shakespeare monologue, way to go. Because I know that your mom kicked you out and your dad barely took you in last week. Like four lines of a Shakespeare monologue, great. Because I don't know if I could have done that if I were you. You are killing it at being a human being right now. And so thanks for learning four out of 12 lines of Theseus. Do those four with gusto. You go, kid. You know, it's really four out of, I mean, what in the grand scheme of things, the fact that they dealt with that and learned four lines, incredible. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you see as the greatest need in in your students right now, and or just in students in general, mental emotional, that we as theater teachers can help them with? Oh my gosh, to learn how to work with everyone, mm-hmm. to learn how to work, and hey, we're not doing so well as adults with that. <laughs> so, and I say for my theater one kids, my goal. I just redid my look. I just I made a little trifold and they all start with a C and let me see if I can remember um, communication, collaboration, and creativity. Those are my three goals. And it's uh, theater, uh, uh, theater one challenges, communication, collaboration, and creativity. And I think that's really it, how to communicate and express themselves in a way that other people will listen. And theater's great at that. And then how to collaborate, how to work with other people and listen and get your ideas in and also accept their ideas and make something great together. And then how to create, how to create something and what are the steps to creating something new. Um, And then theater two is all about theater history. It is about shaping you as a theater student. And I believe nothing shapes us more than theater history. So it's a survey of theater history. We go from Greek to absurdism. I love absurdism, so fun with teenagers. And so we do Greek and then we do comedia. We do um, uh, every man. We always read a play and then they get to choose how they respond in theater too. They can do a performance for it. They can do a tech project for it. They can write something. So it's a survey of theater history. They read tons of scripts and then they find their sweet spot in theater. And then theater three, four is my advanced class. I have three theater one classes, two theater two classes classes and then one class of theater three four together and that is theater three four is to perfect you as a theater student not that you're going to be perfect at the end but we're going to produce plays perform and do projects and it's a very it's an honors level class so it is very much a choose your own adventure and uh row your own boat class so that is yeah, I love alliteration. Can you tell? I love it. <laughs> I love alliteration. Yeah, I just made my a little flyer for next year with that a little trifold thing for for my uh, for kids who are interested in looking at which you know what are they going to do next year. Well, my final two questions for you are: what the first one is, what is a resource that you're currently using that we all need to know about? 
vodka. No, just kidding. <laughs> kidding. Uh, caffeine. Caffeine is a resource I'm currently using. I will say, let at and I let me just tell you that uh, again, like the doors that opened um, at the right time. You know, if you walk through it, there will be uh, someone there. If you build it, they will come. Drama Teacher Academy. I cannot tell you that came about at just the right time, and I believe it's because uh Lindsay and Craig saw me down in Florida all the way from Canada and they went she doesn't know what she is doing and so we're going to have this whole drama teacher academy and we are going to help Lee Marshall it's really it is a grand ploy to help me and they've made me feel really great um I've written a couple of units for them um an absurdism unit which is still one of my favorite ones and teachers seem to love that because it's absurdism and but I tell you what I I do not know the uh, everything I've learned about being a drama teacher, I learned at Drama Teacher Academy right there. It is incredible resource. And I watch those units. I uh, Almost all of my stuff comes from Drama Teacher Academy. Either I have written it and put it on Drama Teacher Academy <laughs> or, uh, yeah, if I wrote it myself, it's on there. If I'm teaching it, it's not. Um, or if it's something new, it'll be on there soon. But that is an incredible resource. And the Facebook group, oh my gosh. Like I'll put up something like, hey, I want to kill my entire cat. Or, you know, does anyone else want to kill their cat three weeks out asking for a friend? And the responses you get and just to realize you're not in it alone and that everybody has those moments is just, it's great. It's really great. And the feedback on things, nobody is judgmental or they haven't been to me and they should be about, you don't know about this. And so it's really great. Drama Teacher Academy has saved my uh, life many, many a long night uh, when I needed something to do the next day. All right. And um, vodka and vodka. And vodka. Yeah. <laughs> and what, so Lee, what are your parting words of wisdom for new teachers going into theater education? I would say, especially if you are a new teacher like me that doesn't know anything. If you don't know anything, choose something every year. And I actually gave this advice on Drama Teacher Academy once, and it's still good advice. If really choose one thing to major in every year, especially if you don't, if you're not an ex, uh, excellent at tech or whatever. I one year I chose set design, and I just like learned the heck out of how to design a set. And then the next year, you don't need to know that anymore. I mean, you need to know it, but you don't need to study it anymore. You just apply what you've learned to your set design. And that year, learn something different. Learn costume design. You know, learn, uh, figure out what's your thing every year. Maybe one year you decide to learn, you know, theater history. If you're not great at that, you know, learn theater history. Really kind of major on it that year. And then the next year, it can kind of take a back seat and just inform everything else that you do. So just, you know, just keep applying it up, up that ladder as you go. Um, and then also, I think we as theater teachers need to look at how we do this job. And your, um, I tell you, the podcast you did with your mentor, the mm -hmm. one that's retired now, mm -hmm. what was her name? Uh, Barbara, Barbara Mayer. Uh, was Barbara, where she talked about that friend that said, don't stay up there all night, go home. We've got to figure out a way to do this job for the long run. And in a way that what can we say yet? When do you say yes? And when do you say no? And what's valuable? And what's just staying up that, you know, I see so many teacher theater teachers 
up at the schools, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours a day. And yes, it's going to take that around showtime, but it should not take that every week of the school year. You cannot, I can't, uh, listen, if you can maintain that, okay, great. But really you shouldn't be at, at age 51. I cannot maintain that. And, and people with children, we've got to figure out a way and help each other so that we can put on quality educational shows that don't kill us mentally, emotionally, socially, and kill your family life. So I think that's something that we've just got to start talking about and figuring out how to do that and do excellent work that doesn't kill us. Those are great words that I'm still learning how to do so. I know. I think we all, I think it's just going to be an ongoing process and it's different for each of us. It's different for a new teacher because you do put in more hours when you're a new teacher and then you can kind of, and then you can kind of go, okay, I don't, you know, what, what I, I try and my set design is not as complicated now because I know how long it takes to paint those stupid sets. And, <laughs> and if you, yeah. And if you don't have parent help, it's a lot different. I don't have a ton of parent help. I let my students do a lot. I let them do a lot more now because you trust them. You do get to where you can trust the students and put responsibility on them and they take ownership. And it is a really beautiful thing when they, they do that and you can back up a little bit. I, in fact, in the fall, I was hospitalized. <laughs> Let me just take my own advice here. I had to be uh, rushed to the emergency room <laughs> after the night one and I had night two of my show. Um, it was student directed. Um, it was a response to a uh, surgery that I had. I had to have a lumpectomy earlier and I just had not recovered well from it. And my students were like Snapchatting each other, like how many ginger ales I drunk. And they're like, I don't think she's well. Somebody tell her husband. They had to take me to the hot, not my students, but my husband did. And they had to run the show all by themselves the next night and strike the set alone. And guess what? They did it. They totally did it. I mean, I got one teacher that came up to count the money because, you know, they can't do that. My husband was there on hand and I had a friend that went. But yeah, they did it all by themselves. So I think so many times we just aren't letting them do it and we need to take a step back and, and let them do it and they will do it and soar. And that's what they're going to remember is remember when we did that show without Miss Marshall? Oh my gosh. And they're, they were so proud of themselves for doing that. But I, and I have to give you credit for that because you taught them. You, you gave them that opportunity. You gave them the agency to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. and that's a testament to what you're doing in your classroom. And I appreciate what you're doing down there. Well, I, most of the time it's because they know better than me anyway. So. <laughs> well, Lee, thank you so much for talking with me. I really appreciate thank it. I want to fly down to, I want to fly down to Tallahassee right now and just have, have dinner with you and chat some more. Anytime. Uh, anytime. I definitely want to have you back on because I've just really enjoyed talking with you. When I learn a little bit more, have me back on. So. <laughs> Let me convince you to actually take a theater education program, lady. Okay, that's what. <laughs> no, I, I am very grateful for your words. And I know my students are really going to enjoy this one too. And I hope other people can gather some, some, some great insight and some, some, new, some new things to put in their uh, toolbox. As they're, they're well, and, and please, people can check out my website. My students rarely do. But um, it's leontheater.com. And it's not... People think it's my name, L-E-A, on theater. It's not. It's the name of my school, L-E-O-N, theater. 
And you can spell theater with an R-E like us snobs do or, or an E-R. My, hus um, my husband gave me that as a Christmas gift is those web addresses one year. It is done by Squarespace, which is a great platform. You do have to pay for it, but they make it look very, very nice. And so they do a really good job with that. And so my, that's a gift to me was my husband did that, but it's, it, and please, you can, you know, look through there. If there's anything you need from there, you know, let me know. And I think most of the stuff you could just go and look at and kind of see what we're doing in each of the grade, le uh, in each of my levels and everything and steal whatever you want, because I stole it from someone else. <laughs> well, I, I can attest that your, your husband's gift to you was a gift to all of us because I'm in love with it. And I, I'm already pulling things off of it and stealing and, and telling my students to come do that. So thank you for that. And I'm, I am sure people will check that out. So hopefully you'll see a spike in, in your website. It'll make me feel like the kids are looking at it. Our um, hashtag for our thespian troop is if they ask me something that's on the website, I'm like, hashtag check the website. My phone autocorrects to hashtag check the website if they text me. <laughs> if it is on that website, I am not telling you about it. You've got to do a hashtag check the website. So you'll actually see that on anything I ever get with our Leon theater logo on it. It on the bottom, it says hashtag check the website because I tell them it's go check the website. It's on there. When's the date of this hashtag? They'll go, Oh, check the website. <laughs> well, thank you again for joining us. And uh, I look forward to talking with you again in the future. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you had as much fun listening to that as I did recording it. Lee was an absolute joy to talk to, and I do hope to have her back on the show. Some of the things she said really made me think and make, made me examine a little bit of what I'm doing in my classroom and at the college level. And I think I'm going to try some things, and I, I hope my students got a lot out of it, and uh, I hope you did too. If you have any comments, if you have any suggestions for the show, please reach out to me on email at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. I always welcome the feedback. I'm always looking to strengthen the podcast and um, make it something that's useful to you out there, those of you who are teaching and those of you who are studying to be teachers in theater. Uh, so please reach out to me. Let me know what you're thinking. If you want to be a guest on the show, I'm also very interested in speaking with you about that. You can visit our website at www.fedtalks.com where you can find our archives as well as the transcripts of the show. Please go on any of your favorite podcast providers, Apple Podcasts on iTunes, Google Podcasts on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, AnyPod, and TuneIn. And you can also find us on YouTube. Just look for Fed Talks. Please go on, subscribe to the show, rate it, give us some stars, review it, tell us what you're liking, as well as share it with those people out there who you think could benefit from what I'm doing here on Fed Talks. You can find us on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks, Tumblr, fedtalks.tumblr.com, on Facebook at Fed Talks, and on Instagram at Fed Talks Podcast. Thank you so much for listening this week. I can't wait to bring you next week's episode. Thank you, Joel Hamlin and Joshua Schusterman, for the use of your song, Magnetize. I appreciate you guys doing that. Thank you so much for joining us this week, and I look forward to talking with you next week. <laughs>